My name's Marissa. Uh, this is my husband, Bear. My whole life has been, uh, I guess you could call it like constant chaos. Um, once I joined the military, I was a young man. Um, got stationed in Germany and then came back to Texas and then immediately went overseas to Iraq. And when I was overseas in Iraq, um, my brother, who was 15 months older than me, had just came home from Iraq. We just passed each other. And um, shortly after him returning back home, uh, he passed away in his barracks room in Alaska. Him and a bunch of soldiers were partying and whatnot in the barracks. And unfortunately, um, he didn't wake up the next morning. That was in 2008. So I would say from 2008 to 2022, um, my life has been just a constant battle with depression, anxiety, PTSD, uh, substance abuse. I've been in treatment four times, uh, inpatient treatment for, um, for those things. And, you know, I was raised in the church and I've always believed in God and, you know, I believe in Jesus. And, you know, I just, there was always just something missing I would go through, I would like to say my life was like a roller coaster, just of, you know, ups and downs. We had a friend that um, started going to church and uh, he said, he, he actually came and knocked on our door and he just said, hey, I just want to check in on you. I want to invite Bear to this freedom group. And I said, I will actually, when I speak to him, I will let him know. I've never been part of like a church family. We would go to church, but we were kind of like the outsiders. You know, and we didn't we, we, we didn't like plan it that way, but um, she's very introverted. Um, all the times at church before, you know, I've probably hung over to be honest with you, um, and was probably trying to get out of there as fast as I could. But um, you know, with with City Hope, it's just everybody like is just full of love in there, and even on their bad days, you know, and we all have bad days, and um, it's just it's different. That day, whenever I was in that um, that class, the men's freedom class, and uh, you know, I did. I'm normally one of the guys that's always participating and talking. I'm very extroverted, but I was just just not feeling well, and so I just kind of brought it up on the table and was like, "Hey guys, look, this is. I just got out of treatment yesterday for this, 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 and this, and so if I'm kind of you know quiet over here, it's I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I'm just kind of having a rough time now." And that's when Russ stood up and said, he said, can I pray for you? And I had never um, had a grown man ask me to pray for him. So I kind of felt like a, a little kid that needed a hug from his dad, but he came up and he put his arms around me and, and just started praying for me. And it was just like, it was just this sense of just relief and comfort and, um, the Holy Spirit was definitely in there, and that's what I've told so many people about City Hope is, you know, I've walked into so many churches throughout the years, especially being all over the world in the military, and um, as soon as we walked in that place, we knew that we had found our home because I've never felt the Holy Spirit before. And whenever I went there, it was like almost every time I was in there, I could feel it. And so I think that's what makes City Hope different. And um, I do know that it's helped save my life. It's helped save our marriage. It's helped save, you know, our children. Um, well, I just wish everybody would come and just give it at least one chance and just experience that that feeling in the room and then throughout the building and and the love too. So like, 
Um, it's just, it's different, so different, and I wish everybody could experience it. Let's give God all the praise today, church. Come on, can we just give him praise for that? So thankful. What a story. I just love stories like that, and I, I love that we get to be a part of it. Amen, everybody. And, and I want to welcome everybody who's online as well, too, whether you're watching live right now or maybe later on down the road. We're glad that you're part of our church family, and we're thankful that you're with us today. Come on, church. Can we put our hands together? Let's welcome everybody who's with us. Glad you're with us. We're in week three of a series that we're calling Heart for the House, and I love this series that we're in. I love, I love where God's leading us. If you're a guest with us today, uh, we're honored that you're here, and this has kind of been a, a little bit of a, a family conversation, if you will, just something that we've been talking through, some vision, and if you're new to church and you're not part of our family yet, I want to invite you to be a part of this family, be a part of what God's doing here, be a part of everything that's happening here. And so while this may feel like a family conversation, please know that you're invited to be part of this family. Isn't that right, everybody? We want you to be a part of it. And so we've been talking about week one, we talked about um, where we're headed. Uh, wh where are we? Where are we going? Where have we been? Last week, we talked about what's it going to take. Today, we're talking about leaning in. And I want to encourage us to lean in. Let's be asking God, Lord, what's my part in this? What do you want for me? Where are you leading me? What do you, what do you have for our family? And then, of course, next week we wrap up the series with what we're calling Commitment Sunday and our First Fruits Offering. This is a, a great way for us. We're going to bring that commitment card that, that we sent home with you a few weeks ago. And I think there's one in your worship guide as well. And we're just going to bring the best offering that we can, and we're just asking everybody to ask the Lord what he wants you to do over these next three years. But um, uh, I have good news for you, and the good news is that we actually have all the money that we need already. Uh, bad news is it's, it's in your pockets. It's in your pockets, all right? So uh, that's, <laughs> praise God, brother. Yeah, well, it's in your pockets. It's all our pockets. I love it. You know, it kind of reminds me, that, that little joke there reminds me of the time Boudreaux got some good news, bad news from the doctor. Uh, Boudreaux, he went to the doctor. He had something wrong with him. They couldn't figure it out, didn't know what was going on with him. I mean, he had, he had boudin coming out of his nose. He, 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 had, uh, he had gumbo coming out of his ears. He had crawfish coming out of his eyes, red beans and rice coming out of uh, his mouth. It was just weird. The doctor's like, man, I don't know what's wrong with you. And so he said, I'm going to have to call you back because I don't know what this diagnosis is. And so he tried to call Boudreaux the next day, couldn't get a hold of him. Called him the next day, and he says, Boudreaux, I got good news, bad news. He said, well, what's, what's the good news? He said, well, the good news is you've got 24 hours to live. Well, what's the bad news? Well, I tried to call you yesterday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good news, bad news. So... Um, what we're trying to do in this series, though, is we're, we're trying to, like David, just to, just to try to build a heart for the house. And David actually said, zeal for your house consumes me. And that's what we're trying to teach all of us is to have a heart that is consumed with the things of God, with God, with the hope of God. And so we're, we're, we're trying to instill in all of us a heart for the house, but even more than that, to build hope for eternity, everybody. Just try to build hope for eternity to plunder hell and populate heaven. And I love videos like that one we just watched of Baron Marissa. I mean, what a story to think that his life has been changed. 
Addictions have been broken. He got in a small group of community. I love hearing him talking about how an, another grown man just wrapped his arms around him and said, I, I've got you. And that's what small groups are for, everybody. That's why we do it. It's just so that we can, we can build friendships and relationships and, and we can build that kind of camaraderie where we take off the mask and we can be real with one another. And, and then here's Bear now. He's, he's part of our City, City Hope Leadership Academy. And he's going through a nine-month program where he's, gonna, he's just going to grow in his leadership abilities and what God has in store for him. But stories like Bear and Marissa's really, they happen because someone sees the dream and they come alongside of it and help make that dream into a reality. Amen. It's like a lot of you have done through the years at City Hope. And I started thinking this week about, about what we would do when we, when we moved to Wichita Falls in 2018. Uh, one of the first things we did was we started having what we called startup parties. And, and uh, w these startup parties happened all across the city, different places. Every two weeks, we would do a party. And in these parties, we would just connect for about 45 minutes. And then the last 15 minutes, we would give some vision. And we would talk about, like, we would answer the question, why does Wichita Falls need another church? And why should you be a part of it? Because when we moved here and we told people we willingly moved here to start a church, well, first of all, they were wondering, like, you mean you wanted to move here? We're like, yeah, actually, we did wanted to move here. And then they were like, well, why do we need another church? Aren't there enough? And so we needed to answer that question. Why City Hope? Why do we need another church and why should you be a part of it? And I feel like a lot of people are asking questions similar to that today. They're, they're asking questions like, well, Pastor Ben, why do we need to make room? Why, why do we need to create more space for people? Why do we need a larger footprint? Why, do, why can't we just be happy with where we're at and with what God's done? And the answer today is the same as it was five and a half years ago when we were giving vision on why we needed to start a new church. And if it's okay with you, I want to give you the three reasons why we needed to start City Hope Church and why we need to make room here at, at City Hope. Are you ready? All right, so this, is, this has been our heart for the last five and a half years. I, it will be our heart from here on out. If you're taking notes, here's why we needed to start City Hope and why we need to make room, why we need to have a heart for the house. It's because every number has a name. Every number has a name. There's over 150,000 people in the greater Wichita Falls area who need to know that there is hope for today. Like not hope one day, eventually, maybe I'll get around to it. Maybe one of these days I can have hope, but hope right now. And if it's okay, I'm a little bit preachy today. I just, just in me, it's just gonna, it's gonna come out more preacher than it is teacher, if it's okay. But I just, I, I, want, I wanna impart this vision and this passion. You know, just wanna kind of galvanize you today to know that there's some people, there's some mothers and fathers, some brothers and sisters, some some aunts and uncles, some mammals and papals and memals and peepals. You know what I'm talking about. There's some friends and neighbors and, and Romans and countrymen. You know what I'm saying? There's, there's some people out there, some coworkers who need to know that God is madly in love with them. He's not mad at them. He is madly in love with them and wants a relationship with them. And every number has a name. So it's not a numbers game. It's a name game, everybody. That God knows them. He knows them. He cares about them. And it reminds me of, of Isaiah 43 that says, don't be afraid, fear not, because I have redeemed you and I have, say it with me, called you by name. He calls you by name. 
He knows, he knows your name. He knows my name. You are his. You're his. You belong to him. And so we needed to start City Hope because every number has a name. We, we, needed, we need to make room here at City Hope because every number has a name. But number two, every name has a story. Every name has a story. Every person in this room, every person in Wichita Falls is going through something. And the way we've learned to say it here is that we all have issues. And if you say you don't have issues, then that is your issue. I don't have any problems, Pastor Ben. My life is good. I, I, I really, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm fine. No, you're not. Everybody's dealing with something. Every, some, everyone is dealing with something. They're hurting. There's a brokenness. There's, there's an addiction. There's an abuse, a depression, an anxiety. There's childlessness, and they're hurting over that, or there's divorce, or even for some people, there's self-righteousness. I'm fine. I'm good. I don't need anything. And maybe for some people, maybe for you in this room today and for somebody watching online, maybe you've given up on God and maybe you've given up on the church. But I want to tell you today, God hasn't given up on you. He, he established City Hope Church so that you could know him by name. You could have a relationship with him. He's still in reckless pursuit of the one. He hasn't forgotten about you. No one is too far gone. He is still leaving the 99 to go after the one. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that he helps me to forget the former things. See, so many people are, you remember the past. You're living by a script that is not who you are. You're living by your past. You're defined by your past. You're defined by your mistakes and your hurts and your habits and your hangups and all of the things that you've done in your past. And I want to tell you today that your past doesn't have to define you. The past is in the past. Don't dwell on the past. God wants you to know he's doing a new thing in you. And there's some people in Wichita Falls that every, every, store, every, every number has a name. Every name has a story. They're going through something, and they need to know that God wants to do a new thing in their lives. God's doing a new thing. Every number has a name. Every name has a story. And then number three, every story matters to God. And I would say to us that if it matters to God, it should pro probably matter to us. If God is interested, we should be interested. If it matters to him, it should matter to us. See, people matter to God because heaven and hell are real. I mean, call us crazy, call us old-timey, call us out of touch with reality. We still believe there's a real God and a real devil, a real heaven and a real hell. We believe it. And, and God has sent City Hope Church here to Wichita Falls to plunder hell, populate heaven, to do everything we can short of sin to help people find and follow Jesus Christ. And God didn't say he would build our church. He never said he would build City Hope Church or Ben and Annalisa's church. He said he would build his church and the gates of hell wouldn't prevail against his church. And so we're just trying to build his church. We're trying to build his church to make an eternal difference with people, to introduce people to the one thing that can change their lives. We're trying to introduce people to the one thing that can make all the difference in the world. We're trying to give people hope, and that hope is Jesus. Is Jesus. And so that's what we've been doing. From day one, there were some of you who were in those startup party meetings. You remember us talking about this. It hasn't changed. 
It's still why we're here because every number has a name. Every name has a story and every story matters to God. It's, it's why Jesus said that God loved the world so much he gave his only son. That whoever would believe in him wouldn't have to die and go to hell, but could have eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. That's why we're here. And so that's why Wichita Falls needed City Hope Church, but it's why we need to make room for people. It's why we need to have a heart for his house. Every number has a name. Every name has a story. Every story matters to God. When I think about what God has put in front of us, where we're at, and what God's doing here, there's one word that comes to mind, and it's the word opportunity. Opportunity. There's an opportunity in front of us. And when we started City Hope, I would never have imagined we'd be where we are today. I mean, in my mind's eye, I wanted to be here eventually. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like a while from, like years into the future, but I never dreamed it would happen so fast. I never dreamed it would, I, you know, I was planning on, we're going to be portable as long as the school system will let us. Like, we'll just hang out here for seven, nine years. You know what I'm saying? Just, God had a different plan. He had a different purpose. And, and, and so I just feel like what we need to do is we need to make sure we take a praise break right here. Because listen, hey, it's, it wasn't by, it's not by my, it's not by power. It's not by anything that we've done. And it's not to us, but to your name be all the glory for everything you've done at City Hope. Come on, can we give Jesus all the praise? God, we thank you for what you've done. We thank you that you've moved in a mighty way. All about Jesus. It's all about what he's done, but he's given us an opportunity. And we got to recognize that opportunity. And here's the opportunity. I'm helping you see it, that he's given us an opportunity to raise some money, $4 million over three years, to, to expand our territory, to expand our horizon, to purchase land or a building that will eventually house a facility that will be the place where City Hope does ministry for generations to come. That's our opportunity. And I think, I think we... We need to seize it, right? We need to do something about it. We need to build hope for eternity. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you three thoughts about opportunities, just three thoughts that I have. And each one of them have kind of like a, like a sub point or like a, a principle that goes along with it. But I, I want to help you see why we need to make a move on this opportunity right now. And the first thought about opportunities in your notes is this. Opportunities require a faith step requires a step of faith. You don't just see the opportunity and just and, and move into it without some sort of faith, right? If, if you can do what you feel like God's calling you to do without God, then you don't have faith. If you don't need God to do what he's calling you to do, if you can do it on your own, then, then where's God in that equation? Where's your faith in that equation? God calls us oftentimes to do things that are beyond our abilities, and it requires a faith step. And as far as I can remember, there's only one man besides Jesus who walked on water. Peter, Peter walked on water. And I don't think Peter got into the boat that day going, you know what, guys, today's the day. <laughs> Been practicing? I'm pretty close. I, th I think this is it. He didn't get into the boat that day thinking, I'm gonna walk on water. But what happened? The opportunity came. The opportunity presented itself. And sometimes opportunities don't look like opportunities. 
For Peter, it's in the middle of a storm. That's not really a great time to be walking on water, but the opportunity presents itself. And he says, he says, Jesus, if it's you, will you tell me to come to you? And he gets out of the boat and he walks on water. And we like to write sermons. We like to do devotions about how Peter took his eyes off of Jesus and he began to sink. What a loser. He couldn't even walk on water. When's the last time you walked on water? It's like, I can't, if Peter hadn't taken his eyes off of Jesus, he could have kept going. None of, I'm pretty sure none of us have been there before. We've not walked on water. And, and so he took the step of faith and that's where we are as a church and as a family, it's time for us to take a step of faith. Well, how do I do it? How do I take this step of faith? Well, here's the principle behind it, is that stepping out in faith is gonna require you to have the right mindset. All right, let me, let me say it this way. We all have faith. Even if, you're, even if you don't believe in God, you have faith. Faith is the substance of things you hope for, the evidence of things you don't see. So you have faith. It's like when the Christian and the atheist were talking to each other and the, the Christian says, man, are you really an atheist? He goes, honest to God. <laughs> so. Tell, I'm, I'm telling you. By, yeah, let me, let me explain what I mean. Everybody has faith. You have faith to believe that God is for you, that he's gonna work things out for you, that he's got your back, or you have faith to believe that God is so far from you and that everything is it's always gonna be this way and you're never gonna get out of the situation that you're in, that's faith. You have faith to believe that your son will come to know Jesus Christ as Savior. He will walk with the Lord. Or you have faith to believe he's always going to be bound up in addiction. He's never going to get free from this. It's always going to be this way for him. You see what I'm saying? You have faith to believe for both. Where's your faith? And God's calling us to have the right kind of mindset. And we see it in 1 Chronicles. David says, God, all of these materials, these piles of stuff for the building, building a house of worship for you, all of this stuff to honor your name, it all came from you. What is that? It's the right mindset. This belongs to you. It wasn't ours. He even says in the next line, it was yours in the first place. It's the right mindset. It doesn't belong to me. And I know, God, that you care nothing for the surface. God, I know that you're looking at the heart. Man looks at the outward appearance, but God, look, you look at the heart. You want us. You want our true selves. And so I have given from the heart and I've given honestly and happily and now look at this see all these people doing the same thing they're giving freely willingly and here's the right mindset what a joy God this is a joy that we get to be a part of this it's not something we have to do it's not something that I'm being my arms being twisted to do no God you're allowing me it's a joy to be a part of this I'm not giving out of guilt or condemnation or pressure or worry or fear it's a joy to do this. So opportunities, they require a faith step, but here's the second thing about opportunities. They also have a shelf life. Let me say it this way. They don't last forever. Opportunities come and opportunities go. They're here one moment and they're gone the next. They present themselves and you have to act. You gotta step out in faith. It's an opportunity. Peter doesn't say, you know, Jesus, I would love to walk on water. Can I, can, can I just test it in the kiddie pool first? Just maybe, maybe on a not-so-stormy day if I just walk closer to the shore. Is that okay? 
No, no, no. His opportunity was now. Like, no, no. If you're going to do it, now's the time. Now is the moment. And so here's the thing about seizing opportunities is that it requires the right motivation. This is twofold. If you want to seize an opportunity, you, you have to be motivated in the first place. You have to actually get up off of that thing. Get up off of that thing and dance. Do you feel better? Get up off of that thing. Say, try to release the pressure. Say. So, some sister act. You got to have the right motivation. So, I got to be motivated in the first place. But then secondly, what is my motivation? Am I, is my heart in the right place? Why are we doing this, Pastor Ben? Are we just doing this so we can have a bigger building and we can have more stuff? Or are we doing this to reach people for the name of Jesus Christ, to, to populate heaven? That's why we're doing it. And that is the right kind of motivation. You see it in, in Chronicles. It says that the work is huge. And, and what we're doing, we're, we're purchasing land. We're, we're, we're doing this to, to raise money, to purchase land or a building, not not just to have a place for people to meet each other, not to just have a social experience, not to just have a country club kind of environment, but a house for God to meet us. We want to build a house where God can meet people and change their lives and set them free and wash them clean. That's why we're doing it. And I hope you see that. I hope you see the motivation in that, that, that one moment in the presence of God can change everything. One moment in his presence can, can, can wash away your sin and cleanse you and make you brand new, put you on a new path. Reminds me of a story I heard this week, Angela, who comes to City Hope. She works at, at United, and uh, I heard this story that, that uh, as she was at work, um, a, a lady uh, came down the aisle, her cart's full of so many things and just overflowing, and, and she and Angela start talking, and and uh, she says, yeah, I'm doing some projects for church. I'm, I'm, I'm doing some you know, cooking, doing some meals, whatever it might have been. And she asked Angela, well, do you go to church anywhere? And Angela says, well, I go, I go to City Hope. And she goes, I knew it. I knew it. All the people there just seem to be so happy and so full of joy. And she, sa and she, says, she says, if I didn't go to church somewhere, I'd go to City Hope. Well, why? why? What could she see about Angela? She could see that the presence of God had touched her and changed her, and her life looked different. Her life was, it was changed by the power of God. That doesn't happen because you, get, went to a, you, you, you went to a club meeting or you went, to a, you, you went to some sort of social environment. It happens when you get into the presence of God. I love, I love that. So opportunities, ha they, they have a shelf life. Opportunities need, need a faith step, but number three, they require a sacrifice. It requires a sacrifice. So God is giving us an opportunity to, to do something that requires a little bit of sacrifice, to make an eternal difference. And I want you to know, like I have no desire to just make a difference. It's part of our vision. And maybe our vision should say, make an eternal difference instead of just make a difference. Because I'm not just interested in social justice. I want spiritual justice for people. More and more, I'm saying, hey, everything we do, let's make sure that we're not just meeting their need, but we're giving them Jesus too. Every time, they need Jesus in addition to meeting their need. 
over and over and over again. God's giving us this opportunity. And so sacrifice looks like this. It's giving up something you love for something you love even more. You've probably sacrificed some things for your spouse, for someone close to you, for a team, something you're involved in. You've given up something you love for something you love even more. And, and that's what sacrifice is for us. See, there's some things I would love to do, but there's, there's something that we can do together that makes an eternal difference. And, we, and not one person can do it alone. It's something that we're going to have to do together. And I think most churches, most Christians, they want to change the world. They want to see the lost saved. They want to see the addicted set free. Most Christians, they, they want to see the hopeless healed. They want to see the depressed, depressed people lifted. They want to see people changed. But we actually have the opportunity to see that happen. It's not something that we're just hoping will happen. It's not something that we, maybe one day, maybe God would allow us to see it. It's right here happening in front of us. We have this opportunity to see it happen. And, and what we have to do is steward it well. Here's the, here's the principle I want you to get is that sacrifice is actually a sign of spiritual maturity. It's not the only sign of spiritual maturity, but it is a sign of spiritual maturity. That, in other words, I'm willing to give up something for something I love more. And I love Jesus more, everybody. I love Jesus more than anything. And I've already settled in my heart that I will give up whatever I have to give up to follow his plan and his purpose for my life. I've already settled that in my life a long time ago that God, I'll, I'll go anywhere, I'll do anything. I belong to you. And David kind of has this same attitude. He says, I've done my best to get everything ready for building this house. All the materials that are necessary. I've, I've got all of it together. And he says, furthermore, because my heart is in this, talking about heart for the house, my heart is for this house. He says, in addition and beyond what I have gathered, I'm going to sacrifice. I'm going to turn over what I love, my personal fortune, everything that I've worked so hard for, the gold and the silver. I'm going I'm to sacrifice that for something I love. We have to do it together. It's not, just, it's not just one person who can do it all. We have to do it together. You can't do it alone. And I know that through this kind of family meeting, if you will, you might be thinking, you know what, Pastor Ben, what I have to offer is not, it won't make a difference. It can't, it, it's not going to help in any way. I mean, why should I be a part of this? It's not really enough to even make a dent in what we're trying to do. But here's something I would need you to know and believe. I mean, I'm telling you, believe this about yourself, is that your sacrifice is important. Every part of it, every piece of it, nothing is too small. First Chronicles 28, 21, it says everybody did their part. Everybody worked together, and that's what it's going to take here. Paul even says it all through the New Testament, but in Ephesians 4, 16, he says that he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. We all have to do our part. We all have to work together. Can I get an amen right there? And, and I, love this, I love this quote from Edmund Burke. He says, nobody ever made a greater mistake than the man who did nothing 
because he could only do a little. No, my, my part won't make a difference. I'm not, I don't need to do anything. It, it, it won't matter. Yes, it will. And I'm convinced we need 100% participation. Not because of money, but because of unity. We need to be unified behind this. And so as we make a commitment, next Sunday is our commitment Sunday. We've been talking about this for a few weeks. I'm reminding you. And actually, it's in your worship guide today as well. If you want to look at it, you can. And uh, it says, even a small gift given regularly can add up to a substantial donation over time. Get creative. Defer major purchases. Hold a garage sale. Get the children involved with extra chores around the house. Reduce spending. Give your tax refund. It's a great way to, to, to involve your entire family in the joy of giving something that matters. So I was thinking about what does sacrifice look like? What does it look like? And, and I thought I would help you. You guys know I like to, to get practical. And so I want to get practical for a second. What, what could it look like for me to sacrifice, Pastor Ben? Well, um, the first one, there's four thoughts here. And the first one is this. You could decrease some things in your life. Now, this is where you might think I'm meddling, all right? Oh, he's getting up in my business. I don't know your business, but if it hits home with you, just count that as the Holy Spirit, okay? So what, what do you take advantage of on a regular basis that you could do less of? So what do, you, what do you do that maybe you could just cut back in and you could decrease that in your life? So think about this. The average American spends over $2,000 a year in coffee shops. It's actually higher for women than it is men. Just... Letting you know. I'm, and listen, there's about to be a riot, I feel like, in here. It's like, I'm not giving up my coffee. But, but what, what about this? I'm not even asking you to give it up, but what if you, what if you just decreased it a little bit? What if, what if you cut it in half? All right, watch this. If you cut it in half and you, you did $20 a week, you said, I'm just going to, I'm just going to, I'm going to give $20 a week for 52 weeks for three years toward Heart for the House. That's $3,120. That's pretty incredible. That just, it adds up over time. Um, the, the average family eats out. Um, I, I don't believe this statistic. I looked at, I, I researched it, and I tried, to find, I tried to find more details than this. I don't think it's true. They say the average family spends only $3,600 a year eating out. I don't believe it. I don't believe it at all, because we drove through a, a, a place the other night, it's fast food, and it was $60, you know what I'm saying, for chicken. Come on. I'm going to have to start parsing it out. Here, you get, you get one, I get one. You get. So, but if we're just going off of the national average, or the national average, because it, it actually, it, it even, it, the, the, the number is skewed because they consider even a household of one to be a household, and so that's why it's so much lower. But, but just check this out. If you said, you know what, we're gonna cut back. Maybe, maybe when we go out to eat, we're gonna get water instead of uh, sodas. Maybe we're not gonna do appetizers. Maybe we're gonna cut back um, how many times a week we eat out. And you can decrease that, but watch this. If it was $30 a week, you just cut back one, one meal. And this is very low, by the way. This is not a family kind of meal. This is, a, this is like a two-person kind of meal. If you just did $30 a week times 52 times three, that's, 
$4,700 a year or over three years that you could, you, could be a, you could do something. And so there's ways like, hey, maybe instead of buying four boxes of shells, guys, you just buy two. I just, I mean, it's just throwing it out there. I, I had to have something for the guys, right? So, all right. Um, so you could decrease something. You could decrease. Maybe, maybe another thing you could decrease if you have someone clean your house. Maybe they do it weekly. Maybe you go down to every other week or, or once a month. Look for ways to decrease something. And then the second one is to delay. What can you delay? What can you delay? And on your commitment card, there's this whole box back here that kind of gives you some creative ways that weekly, monthly, and yearly, some, some amounts that you can look at there. But what could you delay? Are there things that you're planning to do that you could hold off on for three years? Um, is there something? And, and all I'm asking you to do is pray about that. Ask God, would he have you delay it? I'm not telling you you should. I'm asking you to ask God if you should, right? But think about this. Um, a new car, just for example, a new car, current average monthly payment of a new car is $726 a month. An average used car payment is $533 a month. But let's say you've got a car that's paid off and it's fine. And maybe you've been thinking about getting a new one, but you say, hey, I, I could hold off. I could wait three years and I can pay for some maintenance that I need to do on this. And, and what if you gave that car payment through Heart for the House? This is just a thought. Watch this. This is the power of it. $167 a week times 52 weeks times three years is $26,000. That's pretty strong. And when you think about, when you think about, that if you saved that after heart for the house and you just kept doing that, that you'd have $26,000, you could go pay cash for a pretty decent used car. Come on, I'm, I'm meddling some more. Um, you know, Pastor Ben, we've been thinking about putting in a pool. Hey, you just asked the Lord, what, what, do, would you have us do it now or do you want us to wait three years? A dream home, a dream vacation. Ask the Lord about, is there anything in our lives we should delay? And then the third one is you could do more. You could do more. Some of you, you have the flexibility in your life, in your budget, in your financial means where you could just, you could do more. It's, it's there. You could just make it a line item in your budget. Uh, for some of you, you could, you could uh, research quotes. I was just hearing one dream teamer this morning talk about how they've saved $200 by switching their internet and their phone provider. $200 a month just by doing some research. Uh, quoting, some, doing some bargain shopping, trying to figure out where can I get the best deal. Ask the Lord what he wants you to do with the more that you have. And, and for somebody in here, um, maybe, it's, maybe it's side hustles, right? Maybe it's a side hustle you could do. <laughs> it's pretty good. And, uh, you can save some money with Geico, that's for sure. Some State of Holiday Inn Express instead, right? So you can, you can do some things. Um, you can do more. Uh, you know, one of, uh, this is me. I'm just telling you me. I'm, I'm, I've decided that I'm going to do, do some more. And I'm, I'm your pastor here. I'm compensated well. You guys take care of me. But I want to give, give to heart for the house. So you know what I decided is I'm, I'm going to just have a little bit of side hustle where I can coach some pastors and I can help other pastors. And, and whatever they give, I'm just going to give it right to heart for the house. And that's just something that I can do along the lines I already do something that works with what I already do. Something else you can do is donate. Number 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 four, you could donate. A great way to contribute. Uh, maybe you have 
uh, stock, real estate, or crypto. And you go, well, well how, you know, how could I do that? In the past, what would happen is if, if you had stocks, you would have to cash those out, pay a capital gains tax, and then give the money to the church. But now there's a lot of great opportunities where you can give those stocks directly to the church, and you actually save, you eliminate potential capital gains taxes, and the church gets the full amount that you intended for them to get. Maybe it's real estate. Maybe it's maybe you've got coin collection. I don't know. I'm just I'm throwing out ideas there, antiques, whatever it might be. Let's do this. Let's look sharp because God's chosen us. Hey, everybody, God chose us. God called us for this moment to build his holy house, and we ought to be brave, determined, and let's do this. Let's do it, everybody. So I'm just trying to throw out some good ideas for you. But here's what I'm asking you to do. I'm, I'm, I'm asking you to just ask the Lord what he wants you to do. Four things. Seek the Lord about what he wants you to do. What does sacrifice look like for you and your family? What's he calling you to do? How does he want you to be involved with this? Listen to what God wants you to do. Next week, we're going we're gonna to bring our commitment card. We're going to bring our first fruits offering. What, what is he asking of us? And then obey it. Obey his leading. Believe for his provision. God, where, what do you have for me? What do you want? What are you speaking? And then commit to give your best. Next Sunday, we bring our best offering. We're going to bring our commitment card with the first part of our commitment as an offering to God. And here's what I believe. It's going to be the biggest offering we've ever received at City Hope Church. I believe that because I believe in you. And I want you to know that as your pastor, Annalise and I, we're leading the way in this. We've decided we're digging deep. We've decided we're gonna give the largest commitment that we've ever given before. And we're not asking you to do something we're not willing to do ourselves. And next Sunday, we're gonna celebrate, we're gonna give, we're gonna, we're gonna commit. And then the week after that, we kick off a brand new series called Unpopular Opinion. It's gonna be really, really good stuff. I'm just asking you to ask God what he wants you to do. And if you're ready to be a part of that, if you, feel, if you feel like you're in the right place at the right time, you're excited for all that God is doing at City Hope, can we just give him praise one more time? Let's give him praise. God, we thank you. We get to be a part of what you're doing here. We get to be a part of it. Amen. You can bow your heads and close your eyes. Yeah. You heard me earlier talk about our vision from the very beginning was to, to reach people. We needed a church in Wichita Falls and we need to make room at City Hope right now because every number has a name, every name has a story and every story matters to God. Every story matters to God. Maybe today, maybe you're here and maybe you're far from God. Maybe you've drifted. Maybe you've been running from God. And maybe you feel like your story doesn't matter to him. Maybe you feel like he doesn't care. Maybe you feel forgotten. I wanna tell you today, I wanna remind you that you've never been closer to God than you are right now. You may feel a million miles away. You've never been closer to God than you are right now. And he brought you here for this moment, for this day, for this, this, 
time in history for you to make a decision. And you can, you can make a decision. You can have a life-giving relationship with Jesus. He can save you. He can wash you clean from your past. He can forgive your sins. He can make you new. But it requires a decision to follow him. And if you're here today and you're ready to make that decision, to make him the Lord of your life, to surrender to him, to quit doing it your way, if, if you're ready to do that, on the count of three, I want you to boldly slip up your hand. Let me know you're making that decision today. And I'm going to lead you in prayer. I won't single you out. I won't call you to the front, but I'm going to lead you in a prayer. If that's you, one, two, three. I'm ready to follow Christ today. I'm ready to go all in with Jesus. If that's you, come on, slip up your hand right now. I see you. I see you. I'm so proud of you. Who else would say that's me, Ben? I'm ready to go all in today. I see you over here. God bless you. I'm proud of you. Anyone else? I'm giving him all my life. I see you up top. I'm so proud of you. I see you. Who else? I'm giving Jesus my life today. Your story matters. All right. Come on, let's pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. I surrender. I'm sorry for doing things my way. Will you forgive me? Cleanse me? Wash me? And make me new? I need a fresh start. Today, I surrender completely to you and from this day forward I will live for you the best that I know how in Jesus name amen amen come on church let's give Jesus the best praise we can today amen